Hi everybody and welcome to the FM Channel podcast. Uh, I'm Claudio Rojas and I'm one of the co-owners and senior recruiters at Alex Young Recruitment. Today I am joined by Mr Will Easton. Will, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me Claudio. No worries. How's it going? You had a busy day today, webinars yeah. and that, so you must be... Yeah, busy, really... hectic, just uh, keep myself out of trouble though. Yeah, yeah, good, good. How did the webinar go? Well... Um, despite me turning up late and the technical uh, technical issues with the internet, yeah, other than that, it went really it went really well. Good yeah. man, good man. Well, listen, before we get started, just for anyone who's not listened before, um, I've started these podcasts in a bit to interview people from the industry, from in different jobs for different companies, different roles, different backgrounds, um, in order to hear what they do, but also how they got to where they are. Um, in a bit to inspire other people within the industry, uh, maybe younger generation who are just starting out in the industry to see where they can where they can get to. Really. So, so could you, Will? Could you just explain to everybody what you do and who you do it for? I guess. Okay. Probably, yeah. So I'm a workplace and facilities management consultant, uh, and I'm currently working for the 180 Group, and we are an independent consult consultancy that look at um, digital solutions for workplace and FM. So we do a lot of CAFAM project management and implementation in the wow. student accommodation, in healthcare, education, and recently moved into corporate. Uh, we work across the UK, Ireland, Japan, and Singapore. We've got some projects in. Um, and we also look at uh, other FM and workplace solutions for those clients and seeing how we can streamline things, make them more efficient and help them manage their portfolio um, to the best of their abilities. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And so, and how long have you been doing that? Uh, I've been with 180 for 18 months now. Busy? All going well? Uh, yes. It's, it's been a, it's been a busy period. Um, especially this time of year with our student accommodation uh, clients, uh, you know, students, as we've seen yeah. in the news, are going back to university, are getting locked in their halls of residence. So there's, 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 there's still that client base at the moment. And, you know, we're seeing other areas where people kind of are really looking at how they, how they are looking after their estate and mm. looking long-term planning, which is, which is positive for us. Okay, cool. And so, You've been there 18 months and what was your your journey there then have you always worked within that kind of space or where where, where did you start with nfm i think most people seem that i speak to and i say this every week that most people that i speak to seem to have fallen into fm and i think um, it's quite amusing yep. but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, um, i wonder if at what point i'll be someone that chose to be an fm from the beginning but uh, go ahead tell us I, I certainly fell into FM as well. So I yeah. started in FM, I can tell you the exact date, April the 21st, uh, 2008. Uh, and it was exactly one week after I gave up smoking. Right, little, okay. pop, little pop fact for you there. That's, that's why you remember it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, so I, I, I never had a career plan. I, I, was a, I left college, I went through various dead-end jobs uh, in, I'm not saying these kind of jobs are dead-end, I'm saying I was a 
dead end in those jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, working in working in retail and just not not really having much of a direction. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, b- before I knew it, um, I, I had applied for a job and I, I got it working in-house FM mm. as administrator stroke host that person uh, doing all the auxiliary roles within within an in-house FM for a financial uh, financial company. Right. Um, and over a period of six years, I kind of, well, early on, I kind of felt, no, I really like this. Yeah. You know, I've got something I can sink my teeth into. So I kind of got my head down, worked really hard. Um, and they, they invested in me. They, you know, they, they trained me up to do certain things. People left, things happened. And, you know, every couple of months it was like, oh, Will, can you take on this responsibility for us now? Yeah. Um, so over, over the course of six or seven years, I, I, I developed there and I ended up being uh, head of health and safety, environment and facilities for the North portfolio, yeah. uh, health and safety and environmental for the entire portfolio for the country um and and you know and that's kind of where i i learned my trade and then it I, it's not it wasn't a massive company there wasn't a huge amount of opportunity and 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 things had changed um so i decided in 2014 to you know my my, my future was somewhere else now and i kind of took a leap mm. and set up a limited company and went out on my own freelancing um, and I did that for four, five years, and working across um, local government, NHS, mm-hmm. working for service providers in banking, uh, on a variety of, of 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 projects as a facilities and workplace consultant, mm-hmm. stroke interim support. Yeah. Um, and you know they were they were great days because I got to learn so much and experience so much that I wouldn't have learned in house. Um, just you know, kind of got out of that bubble um, and got got into a new new world. And, and being on my own, I really had to kind of survive and and, and you know kind of prove what I can do. Um, so did you um, kind of always go down the kind of troubleshooting route, kind of consultant type? Route, yes yeah i think kind of ever operational or kind of like all around kind of just ops fm running bits and pieces or was it always like how did you decide that was the route that, that you it, wanted it, it, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a mix especially in the early days there was there was some stuff that i was you know i was picking up operational uh, and, and managing things for people and um, but I, I think devising you know benchmarking how something is is performing if that's the right word or doing and then and creating solutions um yeah. kind of that's what lit the fire fire in my belly and it was like well you know company a don't know how to, they've got nothing i can build yeah. this so, so kind of building something from there to build on um mm. that was you know that that became kind of my specialism um yeah, yeah. so it's going service, to put your stamp on it yes service design or service improvement i don't know what you would call it but yeah. but kind of taking something that was either broken or something that didn't exist that that, that a client needed um and help them develop that was was certainly kind of kind of my niche um but at the same time i was still doing operational stuff 
you know, helping them manage premises and, you know, space management was a, a big thing I did when I was, when I was um, out on my own freelancing as well. And then after, you know, a number of happy years, a company uh, coaxed me into to go and work for them full time on, on a permanent basis again. And that was with in the fit out industry. Mm. So that was a new world for me. That was an eye opening world. Uh, it was it, it was ruthless. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it gave me uh, but again, it was it was a new experience. So I looked at it as, as low risk, new, exciting yeah. experience, go try something new. And you know, the reason they they kind of called me in was my, my previous track record and you know what they were trying to achieve is, is they needed a team to be uh, in that consultative stage and, and help people create and, and design and, and manage and, and benchmark how their world of work sits so that, that was the idea um, I won't mention the company but you know it was well there was well publicized demise of that company and hundred odd of us ended up uh, losing our jobs through liquidation mm. um, and then shortly after um, 180 or FM 180 as they were called at the time who I've known for a number of years kind of yeah. came knocking and said look now's the time come and come and join us and you know see see what we can do together so it's been a it's been an exciting um, Kind of journey from yeah. you know not knowing what the industry actually is um other than you know another couple of reference points i've got but i'll, I'll save that for another day and you know I've, I've kind of experienced everything but staying on a client side or a client-sided mindset mm -hmm. even though i've been working for service providers my my um my kind of passion like i say is about service design about user experience yeah um you know it, it, it's not about hard and fast sales and dropping in predefined solutions to a problem mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's been a an extremely exciting extremely rewarding uh, i've met some of the people that class is actually my best friends through through the work that i've done now it's great um and it, you know it's it's not been not not everything's gone as smoothly there has been some very troublesome projects and kind of that have been set up to fail and there's been sleepless nights where especially when you're working for yourself and you need to pay the mortgage and put food on the table for the kids mm -hmm. um but but ultimately I've, I've i've seen so much of the industry and the fringes of this industry we sit in that it's been a fantastic education yeah excellent and you mentioned user experience that you're always wanting to sort of you know um improve that user experience within within the workplace mm. i know that we 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 connected i think during the lockdown some point a few months ago and exchanged emails and i've seen some of your content um along with them um, conversations i've had with uh, mike green about prop tech and how this technology within the property and the built environment is um is moving in is this yep kind of it's being implemented but the fm sector isn't really embracing it just yet maybe or not not kind of uh what 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 are your what's your take on on that what are your opinions on that because obviously you're working for consultancy now what kind of tech are you guys using that other companies 
art maybe or that you feel that where, where's it going basically <laughs> where is it going yeah. well i mean the, 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 there's so many i'm trying to think i was going to say a buzzword i was going to say there's so many verticals but then i realized <laughs> what I sound like when i say something like that um but but the, the, there is there is so many things that so many considerations that we that we have to take here you know you you might have the the big conglomerates that are serviced by the you know the biggest service providers and you know that's a separate beast to the mm. the smes to you know the the smaller end of the large enterprise scale yeah um and you know the so certainly that that's kind of an area of interest for me because they're they're companies that might not have the the in-house expertise or they might need to pull resources between them to 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 get what to get the services they need and i yeah. think this is where this is where technology can really um come into play um, and anything that enables a a facilities or workplace professional to manage more better quicker cheaper um is advantageous and it's it's the classic one a lot of the companies that i've worked for before um the facilities manager is a bolt-on to somebody else's role right. and and you know they could be doing you know i'm trying to think of a role that they could be i'm trying to think of an example from my head but you know it, it, it could be somebody that's, that just knows the building that's been in the organization for a while and suddenly they've got to deal with all the services that go in and out of that building. They've got to deal with all maintenance issues. They've got mm. to deal with all change requests, space requests, fit out, refurb, car parking, the whole shebang, just because yeah. they're the go-to person. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's, that puts stress on them. There's a well-being factor. If they're not up to speed, there's a compliance factor there's a lot of risk in in doing that but a lot of companies that's just the way they do things because mm. they don't have the, the dedicated resource so i think anything that you know technologies that give people a an aspect of so so the user of the space they give an aspect of self-service so they can they can make a request they don't have to go and you know necessarily necessarily grab hold of the the kind of default FM, they can make requests and that can get that can get picked up by a third party easily and, and dealt with within the parameters of the contract. I think mm -hmm. that, you know, that that's 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 really key. Um, and you know the larger service providers working for larger organizations, they don't have those struggles because they've got the dedicated technologies and the de dedicated people to, to, to see um, to see through requests like that. So, so, but that's just that's just one that's just one sector within yeah. within, a much, within a much larger um, kind of pool of, of different types of organisations. Um, and I, I think the the, the second thing. Um, that, that we need to consider at the moment is what we're living and breathing now is 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 just an example of of what's going to happen again in the future. Yeah, you know, uh, we're talking about disruption. Uh, disruption is going to become maybe not the norm, but it's going to become more frequent. So, mm. the the industry or the professionals that are working in that industry and the people that are servicing the the FM and workplace world. They're really going to need to be fast responders. Mm -hmm. 
and adapt to change really yeah. quickly. And if I'm brutally honest, that's something the FM industry is not being great at mm. is, is, is the pace of change. When the FM industry gets its teeth sunk into something, it's brilliant. It's so good. Um, and, uh, you know, testament to all the people that are, that are kind of operational FM, you know, they, they you know, do such a good job. But the industry is always a bit like, oh, well, what, what's going to happen? And they're kind of nervous and shy and yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll yeah. look and they'll, they'll wait for it to happen. And then they'll, they'll take a lead on how to respond. And, yeah, and I think why, that... So why, why do you think that is? Why do you think the FM industry... Do you, think it's, that's, do you think it's industry specific or do you think it's kind of, it's, um, across most industries, people are always a bit cautious, change? I mean, people don't really like change, do they? No, they don't. And I, 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 I mean, I couldn't say if it's industry specific or not. You know, the, 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 you know there's potentially other industries that, that are the same, but, yeah. um, but it, it comes from that, that mindset of, you know, we, we've got our job to do. Um, and also, you know, facilities managers every year their job gets harder and they get less money to do their job so they can't you know we we take away from that that knowledge worker persona and they become bogged down in routine tasks and again this is where technology can play a factor yeah, yeah. If, if an fm's got to spend a monday morning responding to emails about lights and toilets you know where the, the cfo wants to meet them and understand how you know the financial impact of of utilization of the office and you know what what's around the corner um for the industry they can't do that and they can't become that value add and that knowledge worker um but it, it because it's not a money-making yeah function for for department for uh, organizations it's every year the, the the pressures get you know harder and harder on on facilities and mm. um yeah, that, that kind of that, that forward thinking is often well, we, we can't actually do that. We don't have the headspace to do that. And that's, you know, that's, that's criminal. They should have the headspace to be to be able to contribute more because they, you know, nobody knows the organisation like like the like the facilities manager. Yeah, yeah. So when I was talking to, um, to Mike Green, who you know, he was saying that uh, mm. worst case, I said, what will happen if the industry doesn't doesn't keep up or doesn't doesn't adapt? And he said, well, worst case scenario is that uh, the IT companies they could potentially take over and they could start supplying the end user with the IT, the infrastructure, the kind of, you know, all, all, the, all the tech. Um, mm-hmm. And then they said, he said that we would then, they would outsource, we will be subcontractors to them. They said, what we need to do is they, we need to make them subcontractors to us, basically. Um, would, you, would you agree with that? Uh, uh, yes, I would. I mean, I don't know to what extent. Yeah. In fact, when I, um, you know, I, I've, I've got half a brain because I, I did a facilities management degree in 2016. I graduated in 2016. Um, and my, my dissertation was about this very subject. Right, okay. Um, and it, I think it was honestly titled, Will Technology Be the Death of the human facilities manager or something yeah 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 uh, and it, 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 it and it, it came up with with three scenarios and you know two dystopian scenarios one was um the technology the robots will take over and you know everybody's everybody's living under the power of 
of kind of this Battlestar Galactica world. Skynet. <laughs> Skynet, something like that. And then the other the other dystopia was like, oh, the, the FM carries on as normal. They're still working off the, the uh, off uh, spreadsheets and the the buried. Um, yeah, yeah. In the basement. <laughs> in the basement, yeah, carrying on doing what they're doing. But the utopia is that they're, they're harnessing the technology to, like I said earlier, to alleviate the mundane and the routine and, and uh, allow for um, kind of a smarter way of delivering FM so they can be the, the knowledge value add to the organisation mm. and, you know, talk to the, the people in power about, you know, strategy rather than tactical and operational FM, which is, you know, which is idyllic and utopian, which we all need. But, you know, I think that's, that's, that's the way it, it, it should go. If it does or yeah. not, well, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay, you mentioned that it kind of might be the, the it might need to be the, uh, the, the, the SMEs, the smaller companies that need to maybe make that change or start introducing the rise of the smaller companies because with the, within the larger organizations it's kind of you know to try and make change within huge beasts you know service providers is um is is, is massive and it's like well we you know it's, it's a pretty big change on a cost an absolute fortune no one else is doing it you know mm. it, uh, it might need to come from the, uh, the the smaller companies um what do you what do you think do you think is well, that, is that the case, do you reckon? Or, I mean, I, I agree with the large organisations that do kind of have to leave, leave from the front. It, 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 it's a flip of the coin, really, because the, yeah. the large organisations have got the power and the resource uh, yeah. and financial clout to, to, to make significant changes. It's a question of do they want to? Mm. That's, a, that's open for debate. I have no strong opinion one way or the other in case any of them are watching. Mm. Um, and, you know, it and the size of the size they are and the size of the organizations they're servicing you know they're big ships to turn around yeah. so it's not something that can happen yeah. it's not something that's going to happen quickly you know it, it could take a you know a smaller organization to kind of be a trailblazer to to put their faith in true innovation yeah and say we we want to do things differently um let, let's show people how to do things differently mm-hmm. um, and you know really kind of customize that solution towards towards their needs where you know the cynic in me said would say that the you know the service provider would would create a solution but parachute that into every organization mm. as is the organization has to fit around that solution yeah um, yeah you know probably is not the best way to do things because mm-hmm. organizations have their own culture and their own nuances that we need to uh we need to kind of understand and empathize with before we start chopping and changing things yeah yeah i also wonder whether um taking things back in-house because when i first started recruitment in 2002 there was um obviously i've always recruited within kind of more more the maintenance side of things more the hard mm-hmm. services side um and yeah we used to kind of supply engineers and maintenance staff to 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 hospitals, to, to hotels, and, and, and the like, and I don't know. He's um, there's a lot of in-house roles. That's what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. um, amongst service provider roles. And then over the last, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's 2020, so it's 18 years. 
there's um, more service providers that are delivering all the, the hard services, the FM, and there are there are in-house roles out there. I'm not saying they're not, but I just wonder whether it's time that things go back around in-house and, you know, FMs could make that change in terms of bringing in technology in-house, doing it themselves maybe, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I have no strong opinions about outsourcing or in-house either way i think that you know they're both they both got their their benefits and their uh their, their pitfalls i mean yeah, yeah. You know, one of the pitfalls i did notice when i was working for one of the largest service providers oh, yeah i won't name names for for a large financial institution yeah um it, it, it and it's actually one of my favorite my favorite contracts that i did I really, you know i really enjoyed it we were looking at space and change requests etc etc yeah um but kind of being the position that i'm in and having the knowledge that i had i, I couldn't kind of push past the barrier and give the end user the extra value because there, there was so many you know i, I was working for, for the provider not for yeah. the client yeah. so we, first we'd have to talk to the client and the client would have to talk to the end user of, of the, the space that they occupy yeah. So, so to me, I was kind of sat there frustrated, and I'd you know openly speak on meetings, kind of you know we could add, we could add more, we could add more. Yeah. It was like, yeah. It was like, oh no, we, we can't add more. We're here to do this contract, and we, this is the this is the yeah. terms. We've got to do X, Y, and Z. And it's just, and for me, who's you know quite a open, honest person, um, who's you know got a, got a hint of kind of. Leading out liberal socialism, it's just like we we need to be sharing this knowledge with people. It's like, well, no, they need to pay us to share this knowledge, and and that that was kind of that that was frustrating. So I I can't help feel that there there's a bit of a a bit of a dam put up in transferring knowledge within the industry because of you know because of the commercials behind it all. And yeah, maybe <laughs> might be right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. That's that's just me, and I'm just one person. That's my that's my whole yeah, opinion yeah. on that matter. Cool. So you did. Um, so you, I mean, you obviously got a, a passion for what you do. Um, you, you did a. You went to do a degree in, in facilities management, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, what would your advice be to anybody that's kind of maybe just starting out in the industry? Maybe somebody you know, second jobber or first jobber that's kind of that's found whether they've fallen into it. Um, whether it could be, you know, post room, front of house reception, or the a maintenance engineer, uh, and they found themselves at the, you know, the bottom of this kind of massive industry. Um, what would your What would your advice to them be on how to maybe which route to take, or not route, what route to take? But uh, um, I guess, yeah. What, what What tips could you give somebody about the sector and in, in the industry in general, really? Um. Well, I think kind of in 2020, we've got, you know, when I, when I started in, you know, 2008, it was only yeah. 12 years, God, I've aged. Um, but, you know, LinkedIn, it's, it, it's, it's such a powerful platform. And yeah. as, we've, as we've discussed in the past that, you know, a lot in the industry um, seem quite reluctant to communicate and use it for what it is and it and a great example i heard the other day and i'm sure people have heard it before 
is is LinkedIn is like one big digital networking event. Yeah. So you you can sign up to it, you can log on, but you're the, you're the you're the guy that stands in the corner of the room not speaking to anybody and then wondering why they haven't got any value out of it. Yeah. And and we live in an age where there's so much knowledge shared, so much free information. Um that is a tool that that needs to be exploited. And if if you if you want to work for somebody, work with somebody, want to, you know, aspire to have a certain job, surround yourself with those people. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't say, oh, that looks really nice. I'd like to do that. Um, you know, if you want to be a car mechanic, so surround yourself with car mechanics and really yeah. understand. If you want to be an artist, surround yourself with artists. Don't, don't kind of sit there from afar and just think, oh, well, what kind of, colloca- what kind of yeah, qualifications yeah, yeah. do I need? It's like, you're not really going to kind of know until you've, immerse yourself you know don't be afraid to connect with people mm. i i i do it all the time but i'll send yeah. them a note and say look i've um i would like you to give me some money at some point but i'm not selling you anything but i would like to connect with you to to to, to learn about x y and z if they yeah. don't connect oh, fair enough if they mm. come back with a personal message and say yeah let's have a conversation fantastic and yeah yeah oh here we are talking on a yeah, yeah, absolutely. On a video podcast. Yeah, you've got to put, put yourself out there, basically. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, the, the other amazing thing about the, the built environment industry, as you, as you alluded to earlier, there is so many avenues, mm. so many avenues. You know, I am the last person that anybody wants to trust with um, any maintenance issue because I, I'm not even allowed to do the DIY at home. You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm banned. You know, I'm... You're off the hook, man. That's good. To be fair, I'm useless, really. Yeah, but you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm, and so, somebody said this to me last week on a call, um, and he, he said, "I won't mention his name." He said, "He said, well, you like me? You don't fit in, do you?" And I'm like, "Well, okay, yeah, I don't, I don't fit into the traditional mindset, but you know, the the the, the FM world can can take you into new places. You know, I love exploring yeah. technologies and." And, and things to do with, um, you know, the, the user experience and the psychological aspect of all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have fallen into that um, in any other industry. I wouldn't have fallen into that from an IT yeah. industry, possibly. I wouldn't have fallen into it, you know, if I'd been a, a professional chef or something. Um, I do do the cooking at home, though, so I might yeah, not do DIY. Yeah. Um, so, 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 yeah, you know, it's, it's so rich, it's so diverse, it, it can take you anywhere, and it's just a case of, you know, putting in the, like anything, you've got to put in the work, you've got to do the yeah. work, you've got to do the hard work to, yeah, to, yeah. to make those waves, and if, you, yeah. if you're passive, it's not going to happen. Yeah, no, I massively agree. I think um, you're so right, I think with, um, with, within the industry, I mean, over the years, I've interviewed and met so many people at different levels and it's amazing how many senior people that i've met uh within the industry that started out humble beginnings maybe post room or just kind of yeah i was just in, in reception i was just like you know i was the porter but then i could mm. see i think what everyone one thing one kind of common trait that everybody seems to share is they want to help they want to help make things better or they want to <laughs> help people and just kind of and I think that's what drives a lot of the people that I've spoken to over the years is kind of, I want to actually 
make something better than it already is or just help people uh, and that's where I just the, their careers have just kind of unfolded and just moved on from there because they've always put themselves out there and said you know yeah I, I, could, I could do this I could I've got, I've got an idea and I think it's just about putting your hand up and saying yeah I can do this and make it better or listen to me and uh, and there are so many courses out there that you can do as well to, to help you within within the industry I guess to you know just as a kind of stamp of approval but I think um, yeah as long as you put yourself out there then you can uh, you can follow most routes really you know within yeah uh, I, I think the qualification one's important because you know that there, there is there is a lot again there's a lot to choose from qualification wise mm. and that it will range from you know the technical fm aspect all the way up to the social sciences and and, and beyond so you know like i say when you immerse yourself in, in those worlds and those pockets and you can really kind of pick out what what you you know what, what really gets you what kind of what qualifications are, are going to going to support you in that area cool yeah absolutely absolutely listen will thanks very much for your time i will leave it there um, it's been brilliant yeah cool and listen we'll uh, we'll catch up soon and uh, hopefully uh, anyone listening out there will uh, take a little bit from that and uh, it might inspire some people that's that's the aim if it inspires one person then you know, that, that's what that's what it's about anyway we've done our job then haven't we yeah nice excellent okay, thanks nice. claudia you too. take right, care take care bye bye bye